Hey and welcome to Mad Beast, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. This is Mikey Lynch and today we've got part six of my interview with Ian Smith. We're now in the the early 2000s and amongst other things we look at uh, an episode where he gets to go ski boarding off a huge lawn tramp with a young CJ Wellsmore and um, and also the, the decline of vert skating both in competitions and vert ramps in skate parks. Hope you enjoy it. Um, moving on, I, uh, I started needing uh, more money as I was getting older and, you know, get cars and all that sort of stuff, so I was hitting my boss up for a bit more and moved into doing more shift work, mm. uh, which was fine, but, um, you know, starting work at, at midnight... Uh, oh, and finishing at 10 o'clock in the morning, and that was six days a week, uh, unless I told him I needed to go somewhere. Mm. <clears throat> it, um, it started taking over my life. And, yeah. um, you know, friends that I'd been, you know, super, super close with, you know, I wasn't seeing for, for days or weeks. And, um, you know, if we go somewhere, we're like, hey, you know, want to go have a drink? You're like, if I have one drink of alcohol, I would fall asleep. Mm. It just, I had no energy in me. Um, but, you know, I was uh, getting paid a lot of money and enjoying that. Uh, I moved into a, a nice apartment in Manly and um, I got invited out to the Winter X Games or Winter Extreme Games. I don't know what the, it was still Planet X uh, <coughs> in, uh, I think it was Threadbow in um, New South Wales. Yeah. And uh, we're like, okay, this sounds interesting. What's this about? And um, the thing was they wanted to do uh, pretty much a demonstration sport of uh, ski boards. So basically skis that were... Short skis, right? Yeah, a metre long. Yeah. And um, there wasn't really anyone around. The easiest, cheapest way to do it, I suppose, was to get the closest sport, which seemed to be rollerblading, and um, just give them the gear and send them down there so we got to go down to the snow a few times and uh muck around uh on these little skis and they were cool um well it's very similar isn't it? it's a weird thing mm. the uh you know it was it's a thing that you know like when i grew up skiing and uh uh with my family and um uh victoria falls creek and stuff mm. as well as here in tassie um and i don't think i ever really thought about it until like heaps later how yeah there's i mean there's there's lots of overlap hey between um yeah. blading and skiing and like you know skiers well i think you said on a previous podcast you know some of the olympic skiers would train doing their jumps yeah, on, on blades, and, blades. Yeah. And yeah we we did that i was um a little bit later on i worked for manly blades and um yeah we would do something called skate to ski and basically yep. set up a slalom course on a um, on a tarmac road downhill, mm. and just teach people how to sort of uh, carve around yep. uh, poles. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they gave us all the gears, sent us on our way, and we had uh, quite a bit of fun. It was uh, myself and CJ Wellsmore, yep. uh, who was God. He would have been all of sort of ten years old, twelve maybe at the time. <laughs> um, well, maybe a little bit older, yeah. but uh, yeah, we we went down and they dragged us on ski doos, you know, jet skis up a hill. And yep. uh, the first time I was introduced to a, a ski jump, and was there. And so they dragged us up to the top of a hill and they're like, "All right, you know, you haven't had any practice, but 
we've got this competition in a couple of hours. You should probably jump off this thing. And it was literally a 20-foot wall of snow, pretty much ice, uh, on the top of a hill that went down a hill. So <laughs> at one point, you're about 30 to 40 feet off the ground. You're like, really? That doesn't, doesn't sound awfully safe. Um, but the skiers would do it and they'd do like, you know, 1080 with their skis crossed upside down. I'm like, holy crap, obviously this is possible, but um, got to give this a go. So, um, yeah, we were just sort of doing some straight jumps and fairly plain stuff off it and uh, just trying to, trying to get the feel of it because um, I don't know about you, but I found the landings to be the hardest. I could skate, you know, ski or yeah. skateboard really fast. I could go sideways, backwards, you know, downhill, no problem. But uh, coming landing hard was really different. Yeah, you could just bend and lean forward a little bit. It was, I think my problem was I didn't lean forward anywhere near enough. Um, but anyway, uh, they threw us down this hill. Time came to do the, the demo. And uh, yeah, I thought first time, might as well do this. Um, and I tried a misty flip. And it was huge. I was, yeah, definitely never been that high off the ground in that sort of situation before. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, were there mega ramps as part of the time over in Woodward and stuff? Did they have that kind of thing there then? Or was this kind of really your first mega ramp equivalent, really, I guess? Yeah, no, it, they didn't have that in <laughs> There was, no. I don't know if there was such a thing That was really at a the thing, time. yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this was Crazy. the first time it was a real big jump. Yeah. Yeah. The closest thing you could liken it to is like, you know, getting rollerblades going as fast as you can and then going off a motocross jump. Yeah. Um, and you're like, it, it just doesn't seem right. Like you're in the air for so long. And, yeah. uh, but that wasn't the problem. The air was fine. It was the landing that hurt. So, um, yeah, I got to find out what it's like to slide for about a hundred meters down a hill on your back. And, <sighs> um, cause you know, in the snow it's, cold sure but when you're exercising all that sort of stuff which we were doing uh you get cold you get warm sorry so you end up in a t-shirt and um yeah falling like that on your back i lost a lot of skin that day uh, and, um, yeah yeah day two was slope style uh which is basically just like a skate park except five times bigger and uh all on the side of a hill uh but it was a bit warmer that day it was sleeting uh, which, even though it was warmer, felt much, much colder. I think my entire head was numb at one stage. I couldn't talk. Um, coldest I've ever been in my life. And, uh, yeah, but it was an experience. It was cool. And, uh, I didn't go so amazingly well, but CJ went all right. Um, and we came away from it with uh, a free pair of ski boards and some ski boots and jackets and pants and stuff. So um, it was different. I'll give it that. Yeah. Um, but uh, not long after that, got picked up by uh, Smith Sunglasses. Um, so started getting free sunnies, which was cool. And I thought the name was a little bit different, <laughs> being, uh, you know, my namesake. Uh, it was nice. We had uh, Extreme World, which was a set of demonstrations at Dreamworld, uh, where they set up yeah. a, a vert ramp right next to the... A tower of Terror, um, and we had to stop while the the tower was going. But uh, we did uh, a couple of weeks of demonstrations out there uh, on the Gold Coast. Uh, 
some of my fondest demo memories out there. Yeah, with Manuel Billaris. Yeah. Doing those with us. Had a bunch of skateboarders. Mick Mulhall, someone who I will um, always consider a friend. My brother, uh, Rob Smith on BMX, uh, was doing some of them. It was cool, but that was uh, through the shapes thing still. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and Matt... Uh, Salerno doing some of those uh, but Matt was busy also because he was now on the Pepsi Max team um, and uh, probably through the same sort of set of hey here's someone I know I was the backup uh, for Matt on that one uh, funny enough Matt never seemed to fall over so um, they never ended up calling me to come out and do any demos for them mm. but it was nice to have it on the resume <laughs> Um, we did some demos for Coca-Cola, um, and uh, at the end uh, of, I think we're moving into 2000, we had the um, the Planet X Games in Melbourne, and um, that was one of the the coolest Planet X Games comps there was. It was down at Docklands, and they had the foam pit where um, <laughs> Tim Ward and I were doing double flips. He ended up doing a triple flip. Uh, into the uh, the foam pit, and uh, Jason Stinsman was there, and uh, he uh, pulled it all out and uh, did a double flip over the, the solid box jump. Uh, to um, awesome, yeah, in the the street comp, it was very cool. And uh, once again, we had Ty Chris and Sven Bokerst, another really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we're down skating, but uh, yeah, a couple of days in Melbourne. Can't complain about that. Um, me personally, uh, I did all right. I, I still placed, as I usually get there somewhere. Sessa did his uh, his usual, uh, which is you know really going well in the comp. But if he thought that um, there was something not so good about his run, or if he he thought about uh, you know during a, a practice session if he didn't think people were paying enough attention he would do this thing Cecil was really good at doing late stalls and taps and what he would do was air probably about four or five feet in the air and then land backside stall on the coping and 360 in <laughs> super super dangerous like yeah. it looked dangerous too it was uh, one yeah. of those tricks that was quite impressive and um he was quite good and he got in trouble a few times uh, when he would do that and then pretend to fall over and hit the ground pretty hard. But, you know, he was you know, smart enough and he knew what he was doing enough that he could make a loud noise and then shout. And people would, OMG, you'd have paramedics running onto the ramp. You'd have the commentators going, OK, everybody stop. It's OK. It's all right. We're just getting in. Check him out. And then he'd like usually jump up and, ah, just kidding. And, um, yeah, I remember upsetting a few people doing those ones. Um, mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was very funny. Um, meanwhile, I'm getting, uh, coming into 2001, I'm getting sick of my uh, late shifts. And I'm like, boss, I need a life. Um, can I get a desk job? And he obliged. So I started to... Um, 
to get into uh, the, the desk job position, started to get into computers because uh, mm-hmm. that's what I seemed to be good at and that's what the, the job was. It was sort of a word-of-mouth position within the company. And um, so, yeah, I was getting into design and administration, uh, a bit of photography. And uh, I moved out to, to Western Sydney and um, I met my wife, uh, which, you know, at the time, obviously, she wasn't my wife, but uh, met her and uh, sort of threw me off my needing to skate every day game a little bit, but, um, you know, still skating quite a bit. Um, I, not long after meeting her, I moved out to uh, where she was in southwest Sydney and uh, met Ryan Arnold uh, for the first time, this little kid who used to come down to the skate park and do little backflips over the, the box jump, and we're all thinking, wow, this kid's pretty mm. cool. He's another one, like, you know, he used to come, his mum and dad would come and drive him out to the skate park, and, um, you know, he was just this tiny little thing. Like, you know, he's stature similar to mine you know he's not a large human and so as a kid he was quite small and once again you know with the the Blake Dennis thing you saw I mean like this kid's got some awesome style he um yeah straight off the bat uh he would pick anything up really quickly um but yeah started uh you know got became friends with his parents and started driving him to and from the the skate park because he was living uh, kind of near where I was, and um, so yeah, started spending a, a fair bit of time with with Ryan, and yep. uh, we had our regular Padstow skate meets, and um, I remember about halfway through the year, um, we got the the usual, I think it was a, a letter in the mail at the time or an email about uh, the new Planet X games. And uh, this year, uh, there was some people from Japan coming. I'm like, oh, this sounds cool. And um, they were going to do it in Olympic Park. I was like, excellent. And um, so, yeah, that, uh, that's uh, the first time that, that I got to, to skate with uh, Takeshi and Ato. Wow, yeah. And, um, yeah, we were at uh, Acer Arena and... Um, skating the vert ramp and yeah i was not feeling good that day um i actually went into the um, the stands and had a little bit of a lie down at a sleep halfway through the day which is not really like me at all um but uh yeah it turned out i had chicken pox hopefully i didn't give it to anyone else sorry thinking back to 2001 if i gave it to you sorry <laughs> my bad i didn't know just thought i was tired um yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, the 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 problem was that uh, they started doing less of the the emphasis on the vert for us. So the mm. the vert competition ended up being uh, they were pushing for the the jam format thing, and um, you know twenty minute jam format, and uh, you know we'll have a commentator out there, and yeah, then the judges will decide afterwards. Whereas the street you know, went for like the whole day or whole two days 
and you know everybody got their individual time and all that sort of stuff and like eh, it's not really fair what's going on yeah there? and i mean i was skating street but you know street wasn't my forte um yep. i was all right but um yeah i was definitely the um the vert was where i was better and um so yeah we started to see this in lots of competitions people were trying to push the vert to a um uh, like a jam format I think initially because there was less interest um, you know you'd have a street competition with you know 40 people wanting to enter it whereas the vert had half a dozen and, and so this uh, is partly just the particular kind of uh, barrier to entry for vert skating is higher than street skating do you think that's what was happening there well, or do you think it was just uh, a whole bunch of factors including what was in videos and yeah a whole bunch of things yeah i don't want to say anything about um you know vert and its difficulty compared to street because they've they've both got uh, you know definite hurdles that are to be crossed before you get to you know a competitive level um but the coverage that we were getting was far less and mm. um yeah, obviously the emphasis and you seeing it in the, the magazines and all sorts of stuff, we were getting coverage, but it just wasn't the same. Yep. And it was just getting a bit sad. Um, <coughs> uh, 2002, moving into that, I was doing lots of advertising jobs. I remember doing a job for Nokia, um, yep. for Philips, doing, uh, you know, wearing a, a bodysuit and, uh, yeah, for a, a watch commercial where I had to mm. do some flips over a watch hand that was virtually coming towards me. Um, yeah, lots of those sorts of things popping up. People were still hanging on to the, um, the, the roll blade fanaticism. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, we were noticing that, you know, the, the adults weren't really uh, giving us competitions. So people started making their own stuff. We had things like yep. uh, Eight Wheel War. This is obviously, I'm talking about Sydney because that's where I was, Sydney, Australia. But we had uh, Eight Wheel War. You had uh, East Sydney Battling Comp. Uh, Have You Got Style? Uh, all these, there were street comps because they were the easiest to do. You could do them, you know, with, hey, we'll give away a backpack of stuff at the end of the day and you don't need insurance. You just show up and we're just going to skate together sort of thing. Yep. I think that also made it a lot easier than, you know, to do a skate comp on a vert ramp was much harder because they were usually not public or, you know, if you start doing that sort of thing in public, people start, you know, asking questions. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot more stuff like that. Um, the skate park that I was uh, used to work at uh, had reopened and closed again, unfortunately. Mm, uh, sad. Yeah, look, it it was just getting where people were having trouble uh, keeping the doors open, um, but there was still plenty of uh, interest around. Um, you had places like Alive Skate uh, in Western Sydney, um, Norellan, who had a, a skate park out the back. They were like an indoor uh, sports place, so you do netball and volleyball and that sort of stuff. And um, they had some ramps out the back, and they were really cool. They um, they would host competitions, and we did demos and things out there. It was fun, um, and there were lots of like uh, skate parks being built. Uh, this is about the time when uh, when 
Bondi, the old stuff was being pulled down and, and they started building the, the ramps that you see there today. And uh, Belconnen uh, was reshaped into what it is today, pulling down yep. the old vert ramps and replacing them with uh, street courses and bowls. And, uh, yeah, it started getting harder to find vert ramps. Ad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch, theme music by Edifice Architect. You can find us on Facebook and SoundCloud or subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have any questions, comments, requests or podcast contributions, please message us on Facebook. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a once-off or regular contribution. Even just two bucks a month, every little bit helps. See you later.